College football is wild, man. It's a um, it is maybe the best unscripted drama that we have in sports, and like it doesn't even matter if the football is good or not. I actually think the football this year has been very good, but uh, it really doesn't matter whether the football is good or not. Um, although in years past, the national championship playoff college football playoff, which has been four teams now for, I don't know, what, eight years or so. Uh, it's been basically the same three teams with maybe one, like one team gets switched out every every once in a while Washington shows up. A couple of years ago, it was Cincinnati playing out of the American Athletic Conference. A few years before that, while Houston didn't make it, man, if they didn't kind of scare people. Well, Mike Oresco is the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, and if I have heard him or read a quote from him uh, once, I have read it a thousand times where he calls it the Power Six. Well, we only have two teams in the Pac-12 now, so maybe it's the Power Five again. Uh, and Mike Oresco joins us on the Adam Gold Show, commissioner of the American. I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, thank you very much for giving us some time. Uh, and I want to just open this up in a very broad way um, to you, and then we'll go from there. And what do you think the future is of college football as it pertains to conference structure? Well, uh, first of all, uh, great to be on with you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, as far as your, your first question, I mean, that is a $64 question, uh, I think. At this point, probably more consolidation, if I had to guess, uh, especially at the top, you know, with uh, potentially the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of turmoil right now uh, in in the ACC. We're not sure where that's going. Uh, Pac-12 will not exist after this year, and and that's a shocking thing. I mean, no one thought a 108 year old <laughs> conference would collapse that quickly. A lot of things led up to it. You know, it sort of reminds. Uh, one of the uh, the Hemingway quote in The Sun Also Rises regarding bankruptcy. Fellow asks, "How'd you go bankrupt?" And the fellow says, uh, "Well, gradually and then suddenly. You know, it was uh, <laughs> a series of issues, and and maybe you could argue missteps by the Pac-12, and then all of a sudden a, a complete collapse. Uh, but I think there'll be more consolidation, Adam. If I had to guess." Michael Resco, Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Another simple question. Is that good? Well, it depends on how you look at it. You know, I, I think for traditionalists, it probably isn't. You know, I, I still think the golden age of college football, for example, was the CFA era in the uh, 80s and 90s. And I was part of that when I was at ESPN, and I, I thought it was terrific. You know, you had uh, regional conferences, and, and they had there were a lot of rivalries, and you had a pretty balanced TV schedule. Chuck Ninus ran the CFA mm -hmm. back then. We had great schedules. The, the highest rated, I think, year of college football that ESPN's had in terms of ratings, not necessarily audience, because the network grew after, yeah. you know, 94, was 94. And I remember, uh, you know, I was involved in that, and it was it was spectacular, the ratings we were getting and the great games. Uh, it, it was a, a terrific era, and it started to fray when Notre Dame left the CFA and then uh, the Big East and SEC did their own deal, and next thing you know, everybody's, you know, out for themselves, and that's what led to to this realignment. Every conference is now pretty much uh, looking at at the bottom line. Uh, there isn't the kind of collective uh, approach that, that you had during those CFA days, 
and that's the nature of, of, of college sports now. And it's not going to, it's not going to change. You know, you're not going to roll back the ocean. So I think, is it good? I mean, the games will be fine. You know, next year right. you're going to see Oregon play Ohio state and you're going to see Washington play Michigan and all those games. People love those games. You know, they're great games. So I don't think interest in college football, for example, and probably college basketball too, will, will wane at all. It's just that if you like the idea of regional conferences with those rivalries and, um, that that was uh, you know great. Now the other aspect though is the student athlete well being. You know the idea of all this travel. How's that going to work? You know you've got Stanford Cal going across the country for literally every away game, and then you have those teams on the West Coast going to the Big Ten. You've got the Big uh, Twelve spread out all over the country. Now we thought we had a tough footprint in the sense that we do did have some schools in the East as well as the Midwest, Heck, we look pretty con- pretty <laughs> consolidated in terms of our, our footprint compared to, you know, geographically, we're more cohesive. So that's another issue. And when you say, is this good? I mean, maybe that's not good in that sense. We'll see how that works. You know, some of those conferences will have enough money, Adam, to, uh, to pay for that travel and mm-hmm. do charters and make it easier on the kids. But it's still a lot of travel. And we looked at Washington State, Oregon State, as you know, and we said, we don't have the revenue and neither are they going to have it to, to charter all these Olympic right. sports. We don't want our kids making 22, 24-hour trips, you know, getting caught in airports, you know, commercial flights, the volleyball team, the softball team, the baseball team, you know, the, the soccer team. And we, we decided it just didn't make sense. We didn't think it would necessarily make sense for, for those two teams that, that had to come to our, our footprint, even though we're not all in the, in the East. So, uh, you know, I think that's another aspect that you have to look at, and I don't, I'm not sure that's going to be good in the end. Mike Oresco, Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I want to get back to this, the athlete well-being uh, in a minute, uh, but all of the things we're talking about, all the worries about that are really about the um, is sports not named football. I mean, uh, there's a lot of travel for basketball and it's less travel, and certain, and but but at the same time, more arduous travel uh, for the non-revenue sports or the Olympic sports, as I know a lot of the universities like to call them. Uh, but can you see a day where football separates itself from the other sports? Well, you know, I guess it depends on on how you, you view that and, and what separation really means, because. This has all been driven by football, and right. that, and football drives revenue. So it's all been driven by revenue. It's all been driven by trying to get the last dollar, trying to get the most money, the, the biggest payouts. And that's that's caught the Olympic sports and basketball in the web here. Uh, they, they, you know, they didn't necessarily ask for this or bargain for this. It's all about football, and yet the after effects are significant for those other sports, mm-hmm. uh, Adam. And so consequently, if if football were separate, uh, it, you know, it, that, that would mean that conferences would, would essentially be football conferences. And then you'd have these other sports playing in their region for, you know, that kind of thing. And, and to be honest, you could do that under the conference umbrella that we currently have. And I think that's what you might start seeing. You might start seeing Olympic sports go to regionalized schedules that were a lot of games outside the conference that, you know, during the regular season, if the NCAA starts permitting that, because right now you have to play a certain number of games mm-hmm. in Olympic sports within your conference. I, I, I think you might see that. And in terms of football separating, there's the larger issue of will FBS football you know, go out on its own. You know, Adam, it's almost on its own now in that sense. Uh, you know, even rulemaking now is concentrated more in FBS. 
the commissioners uh, control the playoff. Uh, you know, commissioners have a, a, a big voice in, in, in what's happening in terms of obviously not only realignment, but other things. And, and so, you know, the NCAA handles enforcement. The NCAA has some committees that deal with, with rules and things of that nature. Uh, and I'm not sure that FBS football needs to take on those kinds of things. Um, you know, there's going to be a new executive director of the, uh, the college football mm-hmm. playoff. And maybe, you know, maybe that person will have a little more responsibility for college football. I don't think the uh, conferences, Adam, are going to give up their, you know, their autonomy. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to give up their, <clears throat> their ability to, to call their own shots. So you're not going to have a czar of, of football. What you might have, though, is somebody who has the so-called bully pulpit and can talk about all the issues, whether it's NIL, the transfer portal, you know, uh, realignment, uh, pay-to-play, employee status, all the things that are roiling college sports at the moment. You might you might have somebody who can address those things, at least publicly. But I, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be any any true, you know, separation. Conferences like the idea of their autonomy, and I don't think they're going to, you know, break off into different sports-specific uh, conferences. I, I just don't necessarily see that. Michael Resco, Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, is joining us here in the Adam Gold Show. Uh, as you're talking, I have like 15 different questions that are popping into my head, and I know we don't have enough time to get to all of those, especially since I'm going to have more questions, but this is the way I have looked at what we have had. The Big Ten didn't need to expand, even to Southern Cal and UCLA and now Oregon and Washington, and the SEC certainly didn't need Oklahoma and Texas. They were going to make a lot of money. And what this ultimately does is uh, it damages Iowa State, Kansas State, Oregon State. It, it does damage, more damage to those schools. Um, is there, I mean, how, how do you kind of balance from your position as the commissioner of the American who has lost schools to power conferences, now to the Big 12, not to the SEC or the Big 10. How do you view the the amount of greed? Because uh, to, me, to me, it's like the banking industry. The banks are just trying to get bigger to compete with the bigger banks, and they don't care about the small banks. Yeah, I think, I think conferences are pretty much on their own now. They're looking out for their own interests. Uh, probably uh, there's, there's, again, less worrying about the, the, the uh, uh, health of the whole than right. maybe there was 20 or 30 years ago from what I can see from my vantage point. I've been at this around 40 years. And uh, so I think you're right about that. I also think that uh, in terms of uh, they're looking to compete at a high level, but also to, to generate as much you know revenue as they can. And to do that, sometimes you, know, you, you need to get bigger. Sometimes you don't necessarily need to get bigger uh, in terms of your per capita share, right? Um, you know, I think you, you could have gone two ways on this. Obviously, you could have stayed the way it was. I mean, it, let's say uh, USC, UCLA approached the Big Ten, which I guess they did. Yeah. I guess the Big Ten, like you said, could have said no, could have said, look, that's just not good for college sports. You know, it's not, not good to have you coming across the country. It's not good to, to you know, to, to essentially, you know, uh, hurt the Pac-12 in a significant way because, you know, the, the beginning of the end for the Pac-12 started with that, obviously. Yeah. That was such a huge blow. So they, they could have said that, but they didn't. They looked at it and said, this could strengthen our conference. Uh, it's 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 good for us. And and ultimately, uh, maybe they, they viewed it as, as somehow good for college sports in the long term. I don't know. But the point is they decided to do it. And that we, we crossed the Rubicon with that one, um, <laughs> Adam. And here's why. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma – 
are contiguous states to, to the SEC. Sure. They share the same cultural mm-hmm. identity. They love football. They have that tremendous emphasis on football. They really are very similar to a lot of the uh, you know SEC teams and 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 you know uh, that culture. So that wasn't that you know sure it's a major thing when two schools like that, which are the heart and soul of, of the Big Twelve, go. And and sure the SEC could have said no, but in Greg Sankey's case, he knew they were going somewhere. They they might have gone to the Big Ten. They might have gone to the ACC. So he's got to protect the SEC, and I can't fault him one bit for you know for taking them. But they were contiguous states, and mm-hmm. and, and again share the culture. <clears throat> USC UCLA that was very dramatic, <laughs> as you know. And uh, and I and I, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying it. it, it it, we crossed the Rubicon. It, it ended the notion of a geographic a geographical conference. You know, even the Big Twelve, if you looked at, at their their footprint, wasn't you know it was mainly based in the in the Midwest, and the SEC was still based in the Southeast, even with Texas and uh, you know Texas and uh, Oklahoma, and you know you still had the Big Ten. Obviously, was you know had moved a little toward the East, but overall wasn't wasn't you know these weren't national conferences. No. Now, if you look at the big 12, I mean, you've got a Florida team, team in West Virginia, Cincinnati, all the way to Utah, down to Arizona, over to Texas, up to Kansas and Iowa. I mean, you're talking about, again, a national footprint. You're talking about a national footprint with uh, the big 10. And then you have something that we never could have foreseen where you have a team on the West coast playing all its away <laughs> games on the East coast. And you now have the, the bi-coastal conference, you know, which was, something that was unthinkable. So now you even have that, and that's a, a direct result of realignment, and what's happened is the fallout from realignment. And then you have musical chairs where when that stops, you're out of luck, and that's unfortunately what's happened to uh, to Washington State, Oregon State, but it is not, Adam, unprecedented. They've been saying recently this is unprecedented. It's not. <laughs> uh, if you look at history, four teams from the old Southwest Conference were cut loose. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, I did. And and they had to fight their way into various conferences and, and deal with it. And also five of, of my schools when we were bit the big east, we were we were knocked out of the BCS before we lost Rutgers mm-hmm. and before we lost Louisville. They had already kind of uh, you know, put us into this so-called group of five, and we had lost our designation as a, as a BCS conference. And that happened while we still had five schools that were that had been BCS members. So this is hardly unprecedented. It's just unfortunate. It happens. You have to deal with it. The election's over. You got to move on. You know, you have to accept it. <laughs> that's that's just that's just it's, it's an unfortunate thing. But that's life. And so, you know, that's what we're all dealing with. We have to deal with realignment. No, no, no conferences have been hit. Uh, like mine, my old Big East, and and now the American by realignment quite as much as we have because we're kind of you know we've been kind of in the middle, and therefore you know those so-called P5 conferences won our teams, and it shows we've been a P5 all along, a P6 rather. You know, I I've written about the designation. Yeah. They probably should just drop it. You know, as you know, I, you don't need it. It's been harmful to college sports, autonomy, non-autonomy, all this right. nonsense. But the point is. We still felt we were a, a so-called power conference and fought for years with the P6. And we, we had gone to the commissioners of the other conferences. We were ready to go to the board. And then Oklahoma, Texas happened. And that kind of set us back a bit. We're going to try to you know renew that, that push again. Uh, we think we should be a, an autonomous conference. But that's, um, 
that divide has been, I think, destructive for, for college sports in many, many ways. But that's the world we live in, and you gotta you got to adapt to it. All right, well, you, you answered the last question I was going to ask you, how it impacts the American. So I'm going to ask you one more thing. As you mentioned, I said I wanted to get back to it. And this will have to be the last one. I appreciate your time. Uh, I can't believe you haven't hung up on us already. Um, the Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference is here because you mentioned student-athlete or athlete well-being. How do, we, how do we say that knowing that we're asking college students to play 12 football games? And we're expanding the playoff. And we're playing conference championship games. Pros who make millions of dollars are playing about the same number of games. How do we how do we balance that? Uh, and, oh, by the way, you have to continue going to class and doing all of those things. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, Adam, I'm, I'm happy to stay with you as long <laughs> as you want. I mean, I, I carved out the time. Now, whenever I do these interviews, you know, it's always... Uh, it'd be unfair to to you and and whoever does the interviews to not carve out. No, no, I appreciate it because you know. No, seriously, I don't, I'd be happy to to be with you as long as you need. And often you have your own time pressure. Right, that's, a, that's, is, that's it. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, uh, it's a good question. It, it's it's a really is it's a huge question, and I'm I'm acutely aware that we potentially are asking teams to play four playoff games to win the championship. If you don't get a buy. And you could easily be in that championship game without getting a bye because, as you know, last year Alabama would have been in the playoff without a bye, and right. they were a top team. Ohio State was there without a bye, you know, top team. Uh, TCU would not have had a bye. They didn't win their conference. And you had some other teams that were really strong. That's a lot of games. You're playing that on top of a championship game, right, an yeah. intense conference championship game. You may, prior, prior to that, have had your annual rivalry game like Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State. That's asking a lot, uh, no question about it. That's 17 games. That's that's essentially the pro regular season schedule. A couple of things. One, the kids really love the competition and want to want to win championships, and they and they want to have that opportunity. What this expanded playoff does, it gives uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of players a chance to compete for a championship who couldn't do it before, as you know, especially in our league. And we had some really worthy teams, UCF and and Houston yeah. and. Uh, you know, and others in Cincinnati, of course, they did actually make it almost a miracle in view of uh, all the odds stacked against us. But, uh, you know, we had some worthy teams that didn't make it. Now they'll be able to potentially participate. So the, the players, you'll want to do it. And, and, and second, there is more player compensation now than there once was. I'm not suggesting there's anything like the pros. Right. But with NIL and with who knows what else is coming, you know, there is some compensation. Now, Having said that, I mean, I still worry. We're going to have to see how this plays out. That's a lot of games, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of uh, wear and tear. I think we've made some progress by, by yeah, it may seem small, but by, by not having uh, the clock stop on first downs, you have eliminated, you know, several minutes of a game. You've eliminated plays. Uh, somebody, uh, I think recently uh, our research showed that you've basically eliminated the equivalent of one game during the season if you add up all all the games and the number of plays that you've reduced the game by. And so that's good. That's healthy. I think we need to do that. I think we need to kind of reduce the wear and tear during the regular season. If we go to week zero, Adam, we may be able to provide everybody with two buys and yeah. keep the, the calendar the same. And that would, would certainly help. And remember, you know, you know, unfortunately it's a tough situation because you're only talking about two teams that would play those four games. Sure. The rest of college football is not playing as many games and so you're talking about a couple of teams, and yet it's real for those teams. 
and and you have to be cognizant of that. What you don't want to do is is kind of change everything for 130 schools that aren't going to participate, you know, in that in that championship mm-hmm. game or you know go deeply into the uh, into the, the tournament. But I, I do think football is a rough sport. You know, I think you know it's, it's not the same. There are pros and cons to everything in life. There are trade-offs to everything in life. Nothing's perfect. What this does is give opportunity where there wasn't any. We'll have to wait and see how it pans out. Maybe it turns out that most times the teams with the buys will get to the championship game and they'll only play one additional game than they play now. Uh, but, no, that, that's you, you point out some, some real issues, and we just have to wait and see how it uh, turns out. You know, uh, we favored the 12-team playoff. We still do because it gives opportunity where there wasn't any. And it gives, you know, look at this year. I mean, you've got a bunch of worthy teams. Yep. And I know some people love the idea that you don't know who's going to make that 14 playoff and the regular season has more intensity and more drama because of it. And that's true. You can't argue that. I think so. On the other hand, look at all these great teams that will now in the future have a chance to, to compete for a national championship, whereas now – you know, there might be 10 or 12 teams that are pretty darn good and could, could win the whole thing, and you're only going to have four that are going to have that opportunity. So it's all a balancing act, and, and we'll just have to see how it goes. I do find it almost deliciously funny that the Pac-12 is having the best season so far, uh, and the league is unfortunately going to scatter. Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, I do appreciate your time. Uh, hope to have you back, and we'll talk. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll talk. Uh, I don't know, fishing or something. Well, any, anything you want, Adam. <laughs> and thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, and uh, all the best to you and your listeners.